When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Steve Politi from NJ Advance Media, and welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. Joined as always, Keith Sargent, James Cratch. Fellas, there's really not much to say about this, uh, this game. Uh, 28-21 loss to Nebraska. Uh, this is a cool stat, though. Uh, you can thank Kevin Whitmer, our editor, for bringing this to my attention. But Nebraska is just the 12th team since 2000 to have more than 600 yards and just 28 points. You guys, I mean, that, that's, that's quite a stat. Uh, so it, it, it tells you that it was a miracle that this game was winnable in the fourth quarter. Uh, they couldn't pull it off down the stretch. Nebraska just kept the running, 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 took control of this game. Cratch, what do you think? Is this a case of a team simply wearing out at the end of a season, or is this still a sign, the way Nebraska dominated the game, a sign that this program still has a ways to go? I think it's wearing out. I mean, look, I think Nebraska obviously is physically ahead of where Rutgers is at this point. But if you're Rutgers, no Brendan White, no Michael Dwumfor, you lose 0-3. Tyshawn Fogg was valiantly basically playing on one leg, it looked yeah. like. You know, I, I go back to – another crazy stat uh that 620 yards is the fourth most yards a greg giano coach defense at rutgers has ever allowed uh the 365 rushing yards the second most a Shiano coach defense has ever allowed and it's a one possession game because when you have great special teams and you take the ball away and you capitalize yeah you can overcome a lot in college football. So I think, if anything, that game just goes to show you that that formula Shiano preaches of, you know, game-changing special teams and takeaways, it can take Rutgers a long way. Couldn't take them all the way in this game, but it can take them a long way. Right. You mean, when, when you were, you're unable to stop the run uh, the way that Nebraska was just running every single down, Sarge. I mean, it's it's tough to win a game like that. And, you know, on the other side of that, we, you know, Aaron Cruikshank's incredible second uh, return touchdown after he was named special teams of the year in the big Ten, player of the year in the big 10 uh, to do it again. It, it forced the defense to be on the field even longer in, in one sense. Right. I was just impressed at the beginning of this that you mentioned our editor, Kevin Whitmer. That was uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Are you looking Name drop the bonus? boss there. Christmas, Christmas bonus. Is you that like what that? That, <laughs> that was? He's, um, he's the biggest Rutgers fan in the building. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, to your credit, I mean, you kind of called it, uh, you know, at, uh, you know, coming off the Maryland game that they, you know, that they let empty the tank against Maryland. Uh, this was a team that, you know, like Cratch said, you know, banged up. Um, really, I give them a lot of credit. I mean, they, they, they were in this game. They had to leave for a while. 
um, you really thought after the, the uh, Crookshank uh, kickoff, kickoff return that Rutgers w- was going to win this game. If there is one criticism, and again, um, you know, there's, you know, it, it's a mild criticism, but, you know, with, with yeah, I guess seven or eight minutes ago in the game when you, when uh, you're trying to, to rally, you touch down, down, you bring in Langen, you know, Sean Gleason brings in Langen for the entire series. You know, I, I understand trying to maybe try to, you know, uh, go one or two plays, but, you know, even on that, the, the, the final pass, the interception, that was Johnny Langen who, who, who threw the ball. You know, Ar- Sikowski, who, who wasn't great. I mean, you know, wasn't a difference maker, didn't turn the ball over, but like, he, you know, he doesn't throw a pass from, you know, the, uh, the opening minute of the fourth quarter on, that's a little tough to, to, to explain. But like I said, mild criticism. You know, I, I don't know if it's tough to explain at all. I mean, I, you know, I, I just got the sense that they did not trust him uh, to not turn the ball over. And I, I, I you know. But he, he didn't throw an interception all year, Steve. I mean, he hasn't thrown an interception since the Boston College game right. before but, last season. But so. the play, the play before he threw, I mean, he, he got hit and, you know, he fumbled yeah, the ball away. They're lucky. They were lucky to recover that fumble. He held the ball you know. too long. In the yep. stadium, I thought, that yes, he held the ball too long, but I I really thought if they had looked at that, it could have been a forward pass. It was very close to me from what I saw of his arm going forward. Right. And v- Vedral held the ball too long on on several occasions this year. He wasn't uh, hooked, you know, like I mean, that. So you're right. I mean, the the, the lack of uh, confidence in Sikowski was glaring. I mean, it was you know evident by by by. You know, Greg Seattle not really giving him any you know, ample opportunity. Even on the Thursday, before, you know, two days before the game, he was asked point blank mm-hmm. about Sikowski. wasn't a glowing quote, wasn't a ringing endorsement. So, I mean, it just was indicative of, of the lack of confidence that they had in him. So, yeah. do you think that's warranted, though, Cratch? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's warranted, but I think it's, it's reality. You know, I kind of went back to – I remember uh, – They're in practice. Yeah. You know, I don't see practice one, yep. but two, I kind of went back to, and I thought, okay, you don't trust Art, fine, whatever. But to go with Langan in that situation, I mean, Johnny Langan has turned the ball over just as much in his career as Art Sikowski has, you know, on a smaller sample size. He Not like he has been this brilliant, you know, protector of the football. If anything, I was like, put Cole Snyder in there. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I, I saw it happen. You know, the year that S- South Carolina won this SEC East, they lost at Auburn in, in the regular season, and, and Steve Spurrier had no confidence in his quarterback, so he just threw the freshman out there. And hey, let's see what he can do. You know, throw a guy out there who is a passer, who you know is doing what you you know your future. You're trying to figure something out. I just thought that was an unfair spot to put Langan in, where. He's not. He's all of a sudden being asked to do something he hasn't done all year in a critical crunch time moment. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I mean, I just come back to this, and you know, this was supposed to be the Artsikowski audition, and in a lot of ways, I saw exactly what I expected to see. I saw a guy with a great arm. He throws that big pass early on. You're like, okay, well, here we go. This is why we have him out there. Uh, but then you saw on third down, there just some throws that were just it was inaccurate. That he, you know, he wasn't getting the offense in the right you know positions. I mean, it, it, was a, it was a mixed bag. And, you know, when we come back to it, I know the fan base is still in the position. I wonder if this is the real, if this is the real conclusion we reach at this point is that we are still, we're right back where we started in September, you know, where we don't know if, this, if the quarterback of the future is on the roster. You know, Sarge, I mean, is, is, that, is, that, what, is that where we're at now? 
Yes, um, I, I think it's going to be another situation where he's going to bring in a, a grad transfer quarterback. We saw that Jared uh, Garantano came at, uh, came available. Um, I think they're going to kick the tires on him for sure. You know, you had the the New Jersey connection. Greg Shiana knew him uh, uh, very well, um, way way back in the day. Uh, you know, his, his former high school coach was on staff, so uh, certainly I think they're going to uh, try to recruit him. I do think that uh, Noah Vedral. It sounds like. Uh, they want him back. Sikowski, you know, wait and see. Um, you know, we went into this thinking that, you know, his only option would be a grad transfer. But um, uh, my understanding is he's not yet in a position to, to, to graduate yet with the NCAA new rule, on, you know, opening the door, you know, everyone's allowed to the, the one transfer and, and, and uh, be eligible right away. That op- gives them, you know, a lot of options for sure. I think we're going to see an off season with a lot of movement. And I think quarterback plays, I think, you know, they're going to bring in the quarterback and, you know, and have him compete with Vedral and a couple of the kids who we haven't seen. Is that quarterback Jared Guarantano? Cratch, you don't think so, right? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, I know he's been up and down at his time in Tennessee. He's a kid who started 25 games for an SEC program. Yeah. And I know I texted it out uh, on Rutgers Sports Insider, nj.com slash insider. Good plan. And some people kind of were like, hey, what are you talking about? I think he's a guy who might end up at like Notre Dame or Texas or another blue blood. And I get it. Like, you know, performance wise, it wouldn't make sense. This is the NCAA transfer portal. Like every guy who's very rarely, do you have a guy like Justin Fields? Who's like a no doubt guy who gets in the portal. It's like NFL free agency. Every March B plus players get paid a plus money because they're the best guys there. Well, that's the situation we're in here. Jared Guantano might be the best quarterback in the transfer portal this offseason, even though he was a guy who was so inconsistent at Tennessee. And if you're a team like Notre Dame, you might have five-star recruits, but you want an insurance policy. You'll take a guy say, yeah, sure, you can compete. That's how Anthony Brown gets to Oregon. You know, you, yeah. at worst, he's a really good backup with experience. So I, I don't think that he'll be here because I don't know – how much interest he'll have in coming here. Rutgers will have in coming him. And I think at the end of the day, just better options are going to be available for him than Rutgers. Right. All right. Well, let's put a bow on this then. Three Big Ten wins. I don't think any of us, we would have all signed up for that. I mean, it's just hard to imagine going into the season that they'd win three games in this in this schedule, in this season. Uh, you know, the triple overtime loss to Michigan proved that you know, they can play against the big programs. You know, it was a season that changed the narrative and – we've talked about it and maybe not talked about it enough conquering COVID-19 and, you know, given what happened to some high profile programs uh, across the country, the game cancellations, that might've been the most amazing thing that Rutgers accomplished this year. All right. So we know what went right. Tell me where you're disappointed. Was there something you expected to see this year that you did not see? Kratz, you go first. The, I just have this weird feeling about the offense. The numbers are no doubt. I wrote this the other day. It's the most productive offense they've had uh, since they've been in the Big Ten. They made major improvements from where they were, and you cannot understate that enough. Sean Gleason had some brilliant game plans. The trick plays gave this team kind of this fun edge, you know, help the national perception. But I just look at it, and I'm like, okay, we still don't know what the quarterback situation is. Yeah. You didn't really seem to understand how to use Isaiah Pacheco. You didn't really seem to get much out of Aaron Young or K-Rod Adams. The wide receivers, 
you know, you don't know who's coming back, and then you, you still don't have that deep ball threat in the entire offense. The Langan package just felt very, you know, predictable and stale by the end of the season. It just didn't work. The offensive line, you know, I, how much of that was, was real strides, how much was smoke and mirrors. I just don't really know if the offense – it's very strange to say the offense was worlds better than it was, but still not feel comfortable about – how it's going to be next year. I think that's where I would kind of, in a roundabout way, say I just am kind of skeptical still about the offense. It's interesting because I, you know, I felt that the exact opposite. The offense to me looks like it's trending in the right direction. Where I was disappointed, Sarge, was the defense. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I thought it would be, uh, I just thought it was more talented than it showed in a lot of times. You know, it, it, it still wasn't good against the run. It, it, you know, it, it, you know, it created a lot of turnovers, and that's good. It's, an, it's a hallmark of a Greg Shano team, but it gave up, you know, gobs of yardage. Yeah, I think that's where the nine nine games and nine weeks uh, had its toll. I mean, we talked about it, you know, even before the year. We saw we said it after the Michigan State game that this is a team that, because of what he did in the transfer, uh, you know, portal, bringing in all those, uh, you know, transfers who were eligible, bolstered the off, uh, the defensive line. That gave them the chance to compete. That gave them a legit Big Ten caliber starting defense you know, early on. But I think, you know, it just became a grind. Uh, you saw Brendan White. You saw Fatakazi. You saw, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the enti- almost the entire linebacker core getting banged up. Uh, yeah. I think injuries, I think the nine games and nine weeks really took their toll. You know, again, I, I, I'm – if there is one criticism, I kind of echo what Crash said. Um, and to be uh, – Really, you know, the, the amount of playmakers, I don't know who they're going to hang their hat on. I go into every, you know, uh, season saying, well, who are the guys who are going to be the playmakers? I thought it was going to be Pacheco. Uh, he kind of regressed late in the season. Melton, um, I think, uh, you know, obviously if he comes back, you know, and I th- I, I, I see no, you know, reason, indication that he's not going to come back. But, you know, he certainly he's one. But beyond that, yeah, you know, I don't know if they if they really answer that, that, that question, like who are going to be the guys who are going to you know, be the difference makers, you know, from, from an offensive standpoint in 2021. And you make a good point about the defense. Depth, of course, is still a major, maybe the major issue in the program overall. Uh, and that's certainly, uh, you know, that was a reason. That was part of the reason. When you lose, when you lose 03, when you lose uh, drum four, you don't have a guy who can step in and replace him. All right, let's do some true or false for the last time in 2020. Uh, you know the rules. Dive right in. True or false, Greg Shiano will keep his entire coaching staff intact. Cratch, true, true or false? True? True. All right, Sarge? True. True. Oh, interesting. We'll revisit that one. Uh, True or false, Isaiah Pacheco will turn pro. Cratch. True or false? False. Sorry? False. No, he's got a pro pro body. I'm going to say true on that one. I'll tell you why. True or false, Bo Melton is this team's MVP. Cratch. True or false? True. Wow. Sarge? True. Okay. Then (laughs) I guess I know the answer to this one. True or false, 03 is this team's MVP. Okay, false. Sarge? Yeah, false. Good. Okay. True or false, Ohio State is going to win the Natty. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. I tell you what, I had, I had Northwestern plus 16 and a half. I, I, <laughs> I tell you that they're not a national championship team, but they nearly, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, true or false, Rutgers will go bowling in 2021. Cratch, true or false? Uh, wow, false. all right. Whoa. Sarge? True. True. I think true as well. Let's start there, Cratch. 
I mean, you get three gimmies, not gimmies, but you get three very winnable games right off the start of this schedule is what they think it's going to be, Syracuse, Temple, uh, and uh, Delaware. You, you won three Big Ten games this year. Why don't you think it'll happen next year? I just look at the schedule, and you're right, like 3-0, definitely. But that's a tough schedule, guys. I mean, at Michigan, Maryland, at Indiana, Ohio State, obviously, at Illinois. Wisconsin yeah, comes on the schedule. Northwestern comes on the schedule. Michigan State. You know, I, look, I think it's – I would have – the one game I would have loved to have seen is if Rutgers and Michigan State had played on Champions Week, like how does that game turn out? Because it seemed like Michigan State kind of – Found itself. Rutgers obviously improved, but so did Michigan yeah. State. You know, Penn State at Penn State. I, I I will retract my false and say that if they do go bowling, and I, I will eventually pick the schedule at some point in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be right on the nose at six right, and six. Because right. I just have a very hard time finding seven wins. No, it's tough. Schedule. You're right, Wisconsin. I mean that that that's that's yeah. not a good draw. On I mean, Michigan's going to be better. You know. Indiana right. is still going to be Indiana. Penn State is going to be better. Obviously, we're better this year. So that's my thing. Like, they could have a really good team and go five and seven. Right. Illinois is going the – well, new coach, you think they might go in the wrong direction. Maryland is – I mean, just that that's a, that's a hot mess. Sorry, what do you well, – you said true on that. So you, you, you think it's six and six or you think it's possible for more? Yeah, I think six wins sounds about right. I mean, you know, the three wins that you talked about, the non-conference play and in Illinois, um, you know, Maryland, you know, it's certainly going to be a toss-up. Um, you know, Michigan State is at home, so they have the luxury of that. It, it's been, you know, 2020, we could talk about how wacky of a season it was, but the fact that Rutgers, they, they, they lost all their games at home and then they won all their games on the road, that's just, you know, completely wacky. Uh, the Big Ten, and that, yeah, I wrote about it a couple weeks ago, but, you know, the Big Ten teams overall had a losing record at home. That won't be the case if hopefully we get fans in the stands in 2021, which is what we're all hoping for, right? Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, certainly with, with, with the amount of players they have back and what we saw this year, I think 6-6 uh, six and six or, you know, even 7-5 and five is certainly possible. So you think – and both, both you think he will keep the entire staff intact. It's just in this day and age of, of co- coaches moving, it just seems unlikely to me. I'm not saying I know anything that one guy will leave, but you almost always have people leave. And this might be the first time, uh, Sarge, where you have coaches who are in demand. Yeah, I mean, that I hasn't think happened it, in a while. I, I, I think for two reasons. One, I think there's going to be less I – mean, across the board, there's l- less openings this year mm-hmm. than, than there's been in a long right. time. Two – you know, with Graciano having a, you know, seven years remaining, um, you don't have, you, you don't have a situation where the head coach has any, you know, there's any concern about the head coach whatsoever. So, uh, the, you know, assistant coaches, I, you know, I, I, I know a lot of them, you know, not necessarily on this staff, but just in general, general terms, you know, they strive for, you know, the ability to, to actually root, you know, root their families and, and be able to get a little bit of stability. And, you know, I, I, I have seen no indication that Graciano wants to make any changes. So I think this is going to be, you know, one of the, 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 the uh, rare years where, where they keep everyone intact. You know, the other thing, too, is that these guys have some pretty well-written buyouts that – They'd have to pony up some cash to leave themselves. And as Sarge said, you know, Greg Schiano handpicked this staff. You know, I I thought it was insane that Rutgers fans were like, we got to get rid of Rob Smith. It's like, guys, Greg Schiano has hired Rob Smith three different times in his head coaching career. I don't think he's going to get rid of the guy after half the starting defense became injured at the end of a pandemic nine-game and nine-week season. 
Yep. Plus, it's Greg's defense. Of course, of course. Yes, that that is that is not going to happen. I think yeah. both corners will be back. Although I think Sean Gleason will get some attention from a lot of people for what he did this year. But he has he has a good contract, as you mentioned, and that's part of the reason why you give guys assistant coaches three year deals with you know. I would money. say. I think if, if you're a Rutgers fan thinking about Gleason's future, the NFL is the concern with him. Yep. Not so much, I think, college football because, you know. Or a head coaching job. Or a head coaching job. But it's, but it seems like there's not going to be many of those out there. Yeah. And I think as you're seeing with Brett Bielema, I think the trend is going to be if you're not going to get like a young assistant like Vanderbilt did, if job starts open, it's going to be retread. Yeah. Because a guy like Jim Mora or – Bill O'Brien, who's still getting paid by someone, or a guy like Rick Neuheisel, who doesn't really need the money, just wants to be back in the game. That's those are the guys who I think are going to get jobs this this cycle more than a young whiz like Sean Gleason. All right, so you both think Isaiah Pacheco will be back? I I tell you this, I tell you this, I think a guy like him, he's got a pro body, uh, you know, wear and tear as a running back, wasn't. Perhaps if he's looking back in this year, he might think that, you know, I wasn't exactly used the way I thought I would be used. It wouldn't surprise. He's a kind of guy who could do well in the combine. I would just put it this way. I would not be surprised if he's someone that you see who wants to test the waters. I can see that, you know, you know, family situation, you know, everyone's going to have to look out for, you know, uh, know, uh, from, from that standpoint. And look, I mean, you know, we, we've seen that, you know, even though everyone's uh, going to be eligible, you know, if anything, you know, that could just make more questions for 2021 and beyond for, you know, as far as the, you know, the, the amount of guys who are going to be eligible for the NFL draft in the years to come. So, um, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I think you make, uh, you know, some good points. I'm not changing my, my stance because I've yeah. heard no, you know, indication that, that, that he's even exploring it, but you know, I could, you know, you make some valid points. I think that obviously if guys want to go to the NFL, you know, God bless, like that's a decision. As Sarge mentioned, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but I don't think there's any player on this Rutgers team who I think after the season they had or, is a situation where they have no choice, but they have to capitalize on the moment. Oh, like, three. I think oh, three. I think oh, yeah. three is the one, uh, the one he, guy. He's probably who, the one guy, but like, uh, look, oh, three had a tremendous season. Uh, I voted him for him, you know, for all the all Big Ten stuff. Uh, I have an All America ballot. I'm sure he's going to be on there somewhere. I don't look at oh, three and think this is a second round draft pick in the NFL. This is a third round pick. I mean, that's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, completely misreading it. But I kind of do. I'll be honest. I don't know about second round, third round. Uh, you know, but I, 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 but I think a lot be, of guys are going to be yeah. told, "Hey, if you're in a good situation and you're not going to be a day two pick, then it's 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 you know, there's there are benefits to returning to school in that situation. Not saying he should do that. I'm just saying I don't know if I don't look at this Rutgers roster and say to myself, that guy's going to be a second round pick. He needs to go now or else. You think he's going to gain that much by staying low, Cratch? I mean, I, I get what that, you're that, saying. That's that's the other valid point too. I think a guy like Bo Melton would could gain something by staying. Right. right. You know, if, if a better quarterback shows up and he doubles his numbers, then he's you know got and he shows more. He was with Taekwon Underwood for another year. Yes, maybe that guy could a player like him could gain something. 
I think you're both wrong about Melton being the team MVP. I, I think it is 03 simply because if you, you just, he's just been the best player. And I don't know that there's one clear cut guy other than Sean Gleason responsible for the offense being better. I think you can make a strong case that Noah Vedral for a while was responsible for the offense being better as much as Bo Melton. I just think 03 was the, he was, he was the captain. He was the, you know, just the, just the strength of this team. I mean, the guy, the most reliable player on Rutgers this year. That Melton had Melton had a couple of special teams plays that I that, that I also consider a touchdown and you know I look at it as you know <laughs> every single scouting report game plan you knew who the guy was that you're going to have to stop offensively for Rutgers there was no other uh, consideration he, you know toward the end of the year he was doing end arounds reverses they really put a lot more on, you know onto his shoulders and to me you know, I, I I think he really got better late and you know I think it's a credit to him that you know he was the focus of, of every single defensive game plan. You know, the other thing, too, is that they had no offense against Maryland until the second half, and they just literally put the ball in his hand, yeah. and it shocked them to life. Yep. That is true. Great point. All right, let's dive into some Rutgers Insider questions. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has subscribed, nj.com backslash insider. It's a great Christmas present, Sarge, don't you think? I mean, if you're, if you're out there looking for someone who has everything, don't you think a gift a subscription to the Rutgers Insider is the, the gift that you would want to give someone? hundred percent. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I, you know, I might get one for my wife. Yeah. She hasn't, she didn't bring anything I write. But. I can see Oprah. I, I Oprah, you know, you're getting a gift, a, a, a gift certificate. You're getting one. You're getting one. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, we talked about, well, the biggest factor we think is the team wearing down. Certainly aside from that crash, I mean, was, it, was, was there a scheme thing here or is it simply as simple as the guys up front uh, maybe weren't as, as good as we thought? What do you think? I think it was that. I, I don't think there was a scheme issue. I think that it's just this was a really long season, and we forget that, you know, going into the season, we thought, hey, this Rutgers team, they don't have a lot of depth. That There's still a talent gap between them and the rest of the Big Ten. I think that's still there. It's just, you know, that they, they kind of were able to, to, to overachieve early on and maybe kind of regress back to the mean down the stretch. All right, another good question. Will college hoops keep going after Trump declares martial law? Or is that the ultimate RU screw? Sorry, what do you think? If, if, if they decide that they're going to put soldiers on the street, will we still have college basketball in 2021? It's it kind of crazy. It's, it's almost becoming like the NFL at this point with these college basketball. Like they, they, they are clearly trying to – and look, you know, we haven't seen you – know, I mean, there are going to be some programs that are going to do better than others, but you know, it, the numbers are not doing, uh, going great. Um, and – you know, as we start tra uh, traveling, traveling, traveling even more, um, you know, it, it, I, I still think that we're going to see, you know, uh, periods during the season, not just at Rutgers, but, you know, just, uh, you know, across the college universe where, where, you know, teams are shutting down. Um, I think, it, again, it all boils down to March. And, and can they get to that point where they can have some sort of semblance of an NCAA tournament? All right, here's a question from Jersey John, a longtime subscriber. I'm going to paraphrase for it, Cratch, because it, it, it's a long one. But just wondering why Rutgers, you know, even in, in Chandler's first tenure, they had, some, had, you know, at least one very good to borderline uh, greatest in program history quarterback in Mike Teal. Why do you think that they have not been able to get that A-level quarterback at Rutgers? Hmm, that's a great question. I think it probably goes back to – it, you know, not to harp on our guy Chris Ash, but I, I think that the, the constant wheel of change at offensive coordinator is one issue. But the issue is that the philosophy always changed. 
know, if you think about it, Jonathan Lewis got recruited to run whatever the hell Drew Maringer thought he was going to run. And he's gone. So Jonathan Lewis gets to campus for Jerry Kill, who runs whatever it is that he ran. And then for whatever re- like, and then like the, the stars kind of aligned where they, they came in and John McNulty wanted to run a pro style offense and you had a pro style quarterback and Art Sikowski. And obviously, you know, Art struggled mightily. He was a true freshman, true, true freshman, 18 years old, yep. 18 years old. And look, you guys know, like I said, like that art had got way too much heat for that season, but then all of a sudden Chris Ash is now trying to save his job. So he goes and gets McLean Carter <laughs> and brings him in and they tried that and then the whole thing blows up and Nunzio is running his own take on the offense and he's got Langan and I think there and there's so much offensive dysfunction that when Greg and, and Gleason get here and they go to the transfer portal you know it's not like a guy is going to sign up to come to Rutgers like yeah Sean Gleason's really thought well thought of but he had he had nothing to, to prove that he was going to have success at Rutgers they had no playmakers really you know in terms of perception so you take a guy like Noah Vedrill who's who's the best starter Rutgers has had in years from a performance standpoint but he clearly has his limitations so I think that's going to be the big key to this uh, coming off season is one can they really get a good transfer portal quarterback because Gleason has a little has nine games of success to kind of market the program on and B can they go get a true 2022 you know franchise quarterback based on what they've done in 2020 I, that was my big that was my big surprise on on signing day still is my, my biggest surprise that they didn't take one quarterback I thought that Gleason you know now that you have a body of work and you're you know you you he would have gone out and recruited his own guy or would have found somebody who you know saw what he was doing and said hey you know what that's 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 what I want to play and is that is that quarterback in the class of 2022 and a better question Sarge for for Todrick but uh, I mean you know is there a guy out there you think that they're going to be able to get and find. Yeah, I've talked. I talked. Uh, I'll have a story coming this week about that. But um, you do, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, I think okay. again. I think uh, their 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 inclination is to go hit the grad transfer market. Market. I don't think there's any secret there uh, for 2021. At some point, you know, Rutgers has called themselves a developmental program. At some point, you're going to have to develop a, a quarterback. Um, the the issue is, as we're seeing now, and we're going to see the years ahead. You know, free you know college football transferring is a you know is free agency at at this point. So, you know, you know schools, coaches are looking at it. Yeah, the quarterback position at okay. Well, we can develop a guy for two or three years or whatever. And it's not like the old days where where those guys you know after two or three years of of sitting behind behind someone that all of a sudden they're ready to to, to step in. You could put all that time and effort in developing them. And then they leave because you know they 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 they, they want to have you know, greener pastures. That's why quarterback might be the one you know maybe even defensive line as well. Those are the two positions where you're going to see more and more colleges saying, okay, well, rather than developing a guy, maybe we hit the grad transfer uh, market. Um, I think you know at some point they're go- going to get you know you know quarterback recruits. That's for sure. But you know at this stage in time, I think they, they're still going to uh, you know try to prefer the uh, grad transfer. Uh, you know, just to have a guy who's ready to step in and compete right away. All right, a couple more, uh, couple more questions from the insiders. Uh, if Shiano was given the truth serum 
would he say the team is behind at or ahead of his expectations? That that's it's a good way of phrasing that because I think if you asked him directly, he would say that uh, he's right out where they want it to be because he you know wouldn't want to admit admit that uh, you know that he was surprised by how the team did. You know, I'm going to say that he would he would say that they're ahead. Uh, just because, you know, there's so many questions about what this team was going to have this year. So many issues with the, with COVID, of course, that they had to handle. Cratch, what do you think? Do you think he would, he would agree with that? Or do you think he would say they're at or behind? I definitely think he would say they're, they're ahead uh, of where they should be. And I go back to after the Big Ten announced they were going to go to conference only, uh, the second schedule, not the one they actually played. Uh, someone um, not tied to the Rutgers program, but in, in Power 5 college football program, told me that really sucks for Greg because they literally just cut off the only games he was could win this year. So a lot of people thought that was an Owen-whatever team once the non-conference games went away. Obviously, they weren't. So I think that they would definitely say they're ahead of where they were. Um, because I'll be honest, I thought there was a very good chance they were going to win no games this year. I think they are, they've definitely gone ahead of where they were. Now, I think the big key is going to be continuing that progress because I still think, as I said you know, earlier, we talked about the defense has depth issues. The offense still has got some question marks. They've got to figure out the quarterback situation. A really tough 2021 schedule on the books as of now. We'll see if anything changes. You know, it's good. You know, fans are going to expect the next step. And I don't know if they're necessarily going to make the next step as definitively as people may be looking for next fall. What do you think, Sarge? Um, again, I, I'll stand by. I, I think they will make the uh, next step by going to a bowl game. So, you know, I have that on the record. Um, I think, you know, give them true serum. I, I, I agree. I think that the, I, he'll think that uh, they're, they're, they're ahead. Um, I think the one thing we talked about it a year ago on the same podcast, probably around the same time that Greg Giano, you know, during the interview process really felt confident in his ability to, to hit the grand transfer mark, uh, market and be able to get guys in right away. Um, he thought it was going to be di- di- uh, different than 2000, 2001 when he first took over. And, you know, really it was just a different landscape of college football then where you had to develop guys. It was going to take two, three, four years of developing your own guys. Now I think he was felt confident that he was going to be able to actually flip the roster quicker than most people imagined. Um, so I think, you know, from, from that standpoint, I think he, you know, he, he showed that, the plan that he talked about with, with Greg Brown and, and Pat Hobbs back in uh, November of, of 2019 um, has, came to fruition. All right. Thanks for all your questions as always. We appreciate it uh, for subscribing and sticking with us. All right. This is where we normally do predictions. We don't have a game. Do you guys want to you know, acknowledge that I nearly got the score exactly right again for the second straight week? Do you want to? I mean, you can you can say something about that if you want. This is no you 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 won the pick'em this year. I doubt. I mean, Fonseca won last year, and you won this year. Mm -hmm. Crash. Why 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 are you stoking his ego? Why why like just let it go? No, I'm just I'm I'm you know I'm admitting what happened. It's not. It's the holidays. It's nice to say nice things, Sarge. That's why I had a really good start to the season picks wise and I, I faded down the stretch you know I just the big you choked, 10 is what you're saying the, the big 10 marathon just got to me you did and that's that really is a true statement there there, there were a few times that you know we thought we we're gonna have to get the paddles of life out to get you to get you next week but you, you're here you got there you know you got to the end 
You made it. We yeah. all made it. He did. He grinded through. He grinded he through. Chopped. He, he chopped. chopped. He chopped the moment. You chopped it. You chopped, chopped November. The there, there, yeah, there was. Uh, it was. You know, I will say this: like, kind of a roller coaster season too. You know, you go from the like the Michigan State win to everyone kind of expected. Okay, you're going to lose Indiana, you lose Ohio State, but then those back to back gut punch losses to Illinois mm-hmm. and Michigan, the Purdue win. You come back to the, the Penn State thing was like I really thought I, I give you got to give Rutgers a lot of credit that Penn State loss after all the hoopla, much of it generated by us. <laughs> To have a loss like that and to come get off the mat and beat Maryland in that emotional fashion, uh, I thought that was really kind of the shining achievement week to week uh, of this team season. So you're saying that we hyped uh, uh, hype them up yeah. sometimes? That was yeah. the turning point for for the for the picks. Of course, you guys thinking they're going to win that game? <laughs> I, I will be honest. I there was I was so convinced that they were going to win. You that really game. were. You were talking about that for yeah for for weeks and weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah. I I just was convinced they were going to win the game. Yep. So, mm-hmm. can't ever say I hate you guys, Rutgers Nation. <laughs> uh, all right, you want to talk some basketball? I mean, once again, we're recording. They're about to play in an hour. They're going to play Illinois, so we will not know the result of that. You will hear this game, uh, hear this podcast after that game is played. I got to tell you, you know, I, I thought when they headed down to Maryland that that was kind of like a trappy, maybe not a trap game. I know Maryland's not going to be good that good this year, uh, but still, you know, on the road high expectations they hadn't played in a while and they came out didn't play their best game missed a ton of free throws again and still won really i mean rather easily right i mean that that's a that's a pretty good sign cratch don't you think no i mean look it obviously we won't we don't know what's going to happen i will say this if they beat if they beat illinois start thinking about this team can win the big 10 win the big 10 yes if you can win the big 10 as steve peichel said you can win a national championship. Sorry, he's doing it again. He just, he just said he just said he was guilty of, of, of drumming the expectation. And here he is, not one sentence later. Sorry, he's doing it again. <laughs> he is. Um, I, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that they're going to win the Big Ten, but I will say that one, one thing that we've seen is Ron Harper Jr. Is, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it can very well be you know, in, in a conversation for all America. Um, you know, maybe, you know, Big Ten, you know, certainly all, all Big Ten first team as well. Um, he has a potential of, of, you know, being, you know, a really, you know, a, a prolific, prolific uh, player in Rutgers, uh, Rutgers basketball history. Um, I, I think we're, we're seeing that arc of, of progression at this point where he's going to be, you know, have a chance to do what, what a few other players in, in, in Rutgers basketball have done, you know, in a very long time. It's just amazing because it just seems like he he's even a you know a better, a better dramatically better than he was last year. I mean, if he hits yeah. that shot the way he's the way he's stroking the three pointers now, um, you know, and then he had he had a he had a, not a rough game. Obviously, he scored twenty seven points, but he, a difficult start to the game. Foul trouble seemed like it was going to be you know a bad whistle for Rutgers, and it really you know it at times was. And then he then he took over, and that if you have a player who can take over games like that at this level. You're going to make the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure quite yet uh, about winning the Big Ten. And I know Iowa got its doors blown off by Gonzaga, uh, right? Isn't that, isn't that um, you know? So there's still some questions about the top teams in this league. But you know, certainly looks good. Good start. What else we got? Anything else, gentlemen? Before we sign off for the holidays, Cratch. Final thoughts. So I've said this before, and I, it's been wrong, but I do think it's going to happen. I think we might see a Big Ten wrestling schedule uh, by New Year's Eve. Wow, okay. 
I don't think the se- my guess is the season's going to start. Um, my understanding is probably the second weekend in January, so not right after the new year, like we originally thought when they were going to have those non-conference dates. Might be even the third weekend, but it does sound like the Big Ten is finally going to get around to setting a wrestling schedule. Um, and my big question then is, okay, so when are all these other sports that you've said are going to be able, uh, given the opportunity to play during a pandemic, like the ones that make you money, uh, when are those games <laughs> going to be scheduled? Yeah, I'm looking. I, I eagerly await yeah. uh, the league office setting their gymnastics schedule and soccer. You know, because yeah. they, they couldn't play soccer this fall, didn't have enough tests. Te- you know, but they wanted to go to football. Play. We're gonna start playing soccer in you know 25 degree weather in Lincoln, Nebraska in February. I'm sure. So, looking yeah. forward Ball to Kevin Warren's explanation on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Good good luck with that. Keep waiting. Are they gonna have to wear masks when they're wrestling? Cratch? Are they gonna be able to? No, I, I do not believe so. They will be in the daily rapid antigen testing. It would be, you know, thing. And look, I will say this: like, and I might, you might play this back to me in a couple of weeks. I'll be like, wow, that was really dumb to say. I am cautiously optimistic that wrestling can pull through, just because one, this is a sport that already in deal deals with infectious diseases, you know, in its kind of culture and preventing, you know, skin diseases. But two, the way the schedule's set up, where you have a set amount of competition dates, uh, you can kind of huddle up. You know, wrestling is okay with not wrestling for two, three weeks because they can just train inside their own programs. And then once you have the conference championships, it's not unexpected, especially if they cut down the field at nationals to take every qualifier to St. Louis immediately and bubble them before, you know, Matt madness. I like it. Like you said, play it back. Like we have the technology, technology to play something back at you. I, I will say, I will say. Sometimes I think that, especially when it comes to wrestling, that crash might be a little bit, you know, uh, you know, just overly optimistic. But I do think that he has a point to, to the point to the fact that uh, wrestlers are so dedicated and they're so regimented and they're so committed, and um, you know that, that they're they're going to want to try to do what they can to, to compete. And again, I think we we've seen you know this fall. There's really not a whole lot to do on the Rutgers campus. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, obviously they can find parties and they could you know do, do that type of thing. But we've seen that, that like with, at least with the football program, we're seeing with ba- basketball as well that you know these you know these athletes are are committed and and they they they're focused and they're trying to you know play a season. Cratch likes wrestling like guy like Jen. Put it that way. That's just <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's sign off here. I want to say from the three of us uh, to everyone out there, thank you so much for listening for helping us get through 2020 because this is this is part of the thing that kept me sane i know this fall uh have a wonderful holiday uh enjoy it and we'll be back in 2021 to talk some basketball thanks for listening 